Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Welcome to all of you who have joined us on site, and a shout out welcome to all of you who are joining us right now online, and a special heartfelt welcome to all of our guests from across the city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, and globally around the world who have joined us today. How many people are ready for God's Word? Are you ready for God's Word? We are beginning a brand new summer sermon series here in the month of July, and we're calling it uncomfortable. Do you find it interesting that society is always telling us to live a comfortable life? I don't know about you. I wasn't raised on air conditioning, but I must be honest. I don't know how I'd live without air conditioning now. And comfortable simply means you want what you want, when you want, how you want, and anything that pushes us a little bit out of our comfort zone, it makes us feel so, so awkward and uneasy. But have you ever noticed that Christianity sometimes can be uncomfortable? It's almost like God pushes us out of our comfort zone to make us a little bit uncomfortable. And so we're going to take a number of Sundays to explore some uncomfortable themes. The theme of discipleship, the theme of fellowship, the theme of worship and ministry and evangelism. And our theme scripture is in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. And that's the scripture where the early church was just forming and beginning. And they devoted themselves to a number of things. Let me read you Acts 2, 42 to 47. And uh, it says here, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's discipleship. And to fellowship. Obviously, that's fellowship. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's, that's worship. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. That's ministry. All the believers were together. That's fellowship. And they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That's ministry. Every day they continued to meet together. That's fellowship. In the temple courts. They broke bread. That's worship. In their homes. They ate together. That's fellowship. With glad and sincere hearts. Praising God. That's worship. Enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's evangelism. For a couple of moments today, before communion, I want to talk to you about worship, uncomfortable worship. And I want to stretch you a little bit today. I want to prod you a little bit today. I want to, I want to prod you on the theme of uncomfortable worship. And we're going to look today for a couple of moments from Psalm 150. It's the last psalm. I want to read to you verse 1 to verse 6. In fact, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we all read the scripture out loud? So could you stand again? And I think you're going to see the words on the screen. And I want you to lift your voice out loud. Declare Psalm 150 with me. It's six verses. And we're going to read those verses together. If you're ready, say ready. If you're ready, say ready. Come on, boys and girls, young people, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, adults, let's lift our voice as loud as we can. Psalm 150, verse 1 down to verse 6. Here it goes. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. 
Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Put your hands together and celebrate our God today. Amen. Well, I want you to take a seat and we're going to play a song and Pastor Brad is going to be sitting at the grand piano, which is currently in the back room. And we pre-recorded this and he's leading us in a song that we can't sing, but we can listen to the words. It's called The Heart of Worship. It was written in the late 1990s by a worship leader named Matt Redman. Matt Redman was on the team at a church called Soul Survivor. It's in England. And and they were going through a season where they they lost their way in worship. And worship became so performance-driven. And it became more about them than God. And so their pastor did something really brave. He said, okay, we're not going to have any instruments, no guitar, no drums, no instruments. We're just going to show up and we're just going to sing with our voices. Matt went home and he wrote a song calling us back to the heart of worship. And I want you, as Pastor Brad sings this song, listen to the words and let these words speak to you. Watch the screen, the heart of worship. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's worth that will bless your hearts Now what you have required 
song say it all for a couple moments this morning I want to talk to you about uncomfortable worship and I want to answer for us today six questions five questions actually and the first question I want to answer is simply what is worship what is worship and I would simply say to you that worship is worship Worship is worship. It comes from an ancient Anglo-Saxon Saxon English word, worship, which speaks of value. It speaks of honor. It speaks of expressing your value and expressing your honor. And you will notice in Psalm 115, 13 times the psalmist says, praise the Lord, which actually is the word hallelujah. Now, Many of you today, English is your, your mother tongue. That's the language you were raised in. For some of you, it's French. For others of you, maybe it was Spanish or maybe it was German or I don't know what language it is. But everybody in the auditorium and everybody watching online, you actually speak every earthly language. There's 6,500 languages and you can speak all 6,500. Well, well, one word. It's the word hallelujah. So whether you're German or Spanish or English or French, hallelujah is a universal word and it means praise the Lord. Can we say that word together? One, two, three, hallelujah. Come on, let's say it again, nice and loud. One, two, three, hallelujah. And worship is worship. It means that we are expressing our value and our honor to God. Now write this in your notes. This one convicts me. Worship is not about me. It never was meant to be about me. It never was meant to be about you. It's all about God. 
And so we're in this coronavirus season and we're like, wow, we can't sing. And, but I think the Lord is teaching me that worship is more than a song that I sing. It's not about me. It's not about my preference. It's not about what I like. It's all about God. There's actually only one audience in worship and his name is Jesus. And we're meant to participate in that worship. So it's worship. It's not about me. It's, it's all about God. That's what worship is. Let me answer number two. Where, where do I worship? It's, it's a good question. Where, where do I worship? Well, we don't have to look too hard. The answer is found in, in verse one, where, where the psalmist said, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary and praise him in his mighty heavens. Now, if we go back in the Old Testament, the Old Testament Hebrew people knew that there was a place of worship called the, the tabernacle. And Moses would go in the tabernacle and the Shekinah glory of God resided in the tabernacle. And, and God's presence was in the tabernacle. Now, let me take you to John chapter one, where we learn in John chapter one that God came and dwelt among us. And the, the word that's been translated dwelt is a Greek word that comes from the ancient Hebrew word, which means tabernacle. In essence, when God came to earth, he tabernacled among us. Let me push pause. How many people are glad that God came to earth, that Jesus came to earth for you and for me? Anybody glad? If you're glad, give a little clap offering of praise to God that he, he came he came to earth and he tabernacled among us. So in the Old Testament, they, they went to the tabernacle and God was resident in the tabernacle. But in the New Testament, God tabernacled among us. And, and you and I as New Testament believers, here's the deal. We are and the Holy Spirit is in us. So we don't call we don't call this place here the sanctuary or the tabernacle. This is the auditorium. You are the sanctuary. Because Holy Spirit lives in you. Now look at the screen. He says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. You're the sanctuary. So here's the truth. I worship him in my life. I'm beginning to understand that worship is a lot more, way more than a song that I sing. I'm beginning to realize more and more now in this COVID season that worship is the life that I live. When, when you go to work, you can worship God through your work. When you're at home with your family, you can worship God with your family. And it, you, everything you do, everywhere you go, everything you say is meant to be worship. You worship him with your life. And so, church, I want to invite us to get it in our hearts today. Worship is way more, way more than a song we can sing. And I like to sing. And I'm going to be honest. As, as Pastor Brad was on the screen this morning singing, I found myself, I, I got to confess, starting to sing a bit. And I had to stop because I love singing. But how many people know worship is way more than a song that we sing? It's a life that we live. Now look at the screen. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary and praise him in his mighty heaven. So we praise him here on earth through our life. But someday we're going to get to heaven and we're going to praise him for eternity. We got all eternity to sing and worship in heaven. This is the warm up for eternity. But God is teaching us that worship is way more, way more than a song we sing. It's the life that we live. Let's go to number three. Why do I worship? Well, the answer is found in verse number two. Praise him for his acts of power. That's, that's why we worship. And praise him for his surpassing greatness. 
for his acts of power, for his surpassing greatness. I, I think this is the way it looks to me. You can write this in your notes. I worship him for what he has done, and I worship him for who he is. Now, can anybody identify that God has done some pretty cool things even during this COVID season in your life? Anybody? Has God done some good things in your life during this COVID season? It's, it's not all been bad. God's done some good. And, and sometimes when we praise him for what he's done, we, we have to go way back in our mind. But I want to encourage you in this COVID season, find something that God has done and give him praise for what he's done even in this difficult season. Every day I come into the office and the staff is there and we've got a little expression, we're making lemonade. You know, when life gives you lemons, turn it into lemonade, amen? And, and we're, we're, we're not trying to show up during the week and, and feel like the, the glass is half empty. In fact, it's not even half full. Here's our model. Our cup runneth over. And we've got lots to give God thanks for. He has done great things. If you can, if you can witness to that, put your hands together and celebrate the goodness of God in your life. You see, you worship him for what he's done, but you worship him for who he is. And the psalmist teaches us here that he is great. God is great. God is good. God is mighty. You worship him not just for what he does, but you also worship him for who he is. Let's go to number four. How do I worship? Well, we're going to read in just a couple of moments these different instruments of worship and you can write this in your notes. I worship him with wind and string and percussion instruments because in verse 3 down to verse 5, it, it mentions different kinds of instruments. But, but you're the instrument because you can worship him with your entire life. But let, let me break down verse 3 down to, to verse 5 and make a few comments. He says in verse 3, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Now, first of all, in the Hebrew culture, it wasn't a brass trumpet. Anybody play the trumpet? Anybody play the trumpet? If you play the trumpet, lift up your hand. That's cool. I, I played a little trumpet when I was in school in grade seven, tried to figure that out. It wasn't a brass trumpet in the Hebrew culture. It was actually a ram's horn, a horn of a ram. It's called the shofar. Now, we're not allowed to play wind instruments in church right now, so I'm going to get you to listen to the sound of a shofar. We, we've got it recorded. You ready for this? This is what a shofar sounds like. Here it goes. Now, in the ancient Hebrew culture, they would sound the shofar to start their, their new festivals. They would also sound the shofar to call people to prayer. And they would also sound the shofar to call people to war and to rally the troops. And they would also sound the shofar as a sound of victory. Remember, do you remember when they were marching around the walls of Jericho and then the priests sounded the trumpet or the shofar and the walls came down? The sound of the shofar speaks of victory. How many people want victory in this season? I do. I want the sound of the shofar to bring victory. Now, there's another sound of a shofar that's going to happen, and I'd be pretty cool if it happened even before I got this message done. The Bible says that someday... 
The last trumpet will sound, the last shofar will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Anybody looking forward to Jesus coming back for his church? I am. That's the sound of the shofar. And the sound of the shofar was a militant sound, a call to prayer, a sound of victory, but then the sound when Christ comes back. Then it says, praise him with the harp. And the lyre, I I love the sound of a harp. And the harp was the most common mentioned instrument in the entire Bible, the harp. David played the harp and he played the harp, remember, for Saul to soothe him and comfort him. And the lyre was just a smaller harp. And, And I say that for this reason, because I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling troubled, worried, anxious, I love putting on worship music because it calms my spirit. Anyone else like that? You know, you're a little anxious, you're a little worried, and you just put on worship music and it calms you. There's a calming effect to worship. Then it says, praise him with timbrel and dancing. Now, I got to warn you, in the ancient Hebrew culture, some of their worship would make us Canadians uncomfortable because we're reserved Canadian. And, And in fact, in Exodus chapter 15, you might remember that Miriam... She picked up the, the tambourine or the timbrel, and they had just, God had just opened up the Red Sea, and they had just gone through the Red Sea, and, and they're there on the other side, and a million Israelites get to the other side, and then the waters cave in on, on the Egyptian enemy, and they all drown, and God brings the Israelites to the other side. And so the ladies picked up the tambourine and they just began to to shake the tambourine and they began to dance before the Lord. Anybody feeling a little awkward this morning? I mean, sometimes worship can stretch us. And if we were in the Hebrew culture, we'd be we'd be stretched by their worship. But but worship is always meant to be a celebration. In fact, when the psalmist said hallelujah, it's this ecstatic joy. It's, it's this excitement. I mean, 13 times the psalmist said, praise the Lord, because the psalmist couldn't contain himself. So he kept saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise him with the timbrel and praise him with the dancing. But then he goes on to say, and praise him with strings and pipe. And the strings could be a, a violin, it could be a cello or some kind of a string instrument. I mean, a, a piano is a string instrument. The pipe could speak of the flute. And then it says, praise him with the clash of cymbals. That's, that's the small cymbal. And then praise him with the resounding cymbal. That was the, that was the large cymbal. And, and you know, here's what would stretch us. The worship of instruments in Hebrew culture was so loud that the decibel meter would be really high. They were loud, they were expressive, and they were boisterous, but they were giving God all of their worship. And so I I, want to take you now to number five, and Pastor Brad and worship team, come on up, because I'm going to need you to help me with this, but who is to worship? Who is to worship? The psalmist said, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. How many this morning have air in your lungs right now? Anybody who here has breath? I hope you lift up your hand because if you're not lifting up your hand, it means you're dead. Who here has breath in their lungs? You got breath in your lungs? Anybody alive? If you're alive, lift up your hand. If someone's not lifting up their hand, please do something about them. I'm really worried. Could, could you stand to your feet? I want you to stand to your feet because this is, this is important. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Every 
One is to worship. And we're learning today that worship is more than a, a song that we sing. It's a life that we live. And, and you've been worshiping this morning. You worship when you stand and you worship. You, you worship as you're seated. You worship by, 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 by showing up. You worship by lifting up your hands. You, you worship by clapping your hands. I was doing a little clapping in some of the worship. You worship by giving. You, you worship. Worship has so many aspects to it. And one of the aspects of worship is worshiping in silence. Now, that's an awkward thing. Can you imagine if this morning I said, we're going to worship God in silence. We're going to take 25 minutes of silence. You'd feel awkward. But in silence, God speaks. And I want to encourage you at times to find a place of silence and let God speak to you. Now, I want to show you something. Pastor Brad, come on up here. I need to show these, these people this because I think this will illustrate it. Come on right up here. And Love you, buddy. Thank you for, for going to the, to, the, to the grand piano and just, just singing in the heart of worship. Didn't he do a good job? And uh, come on, didn't he do a good job? I, I, I really just, I said, Brad, just go in the back room and play the piano and lead us in that song, The Heart of Worship, because I think when Matt Redmond wrote that song, there was an anointing of God on that song, because even as you were singing it, I was sitting on the chair and I just started to cry because I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've made worship. I'm really sorry, Lord, for the moments I got upset when I learned that we couldn't sing in church. And I, I got to confess to you, I was upset. Like, well, we can't sing. That's not fair. How can we worship without singing? But I'm, I'm realizing worship is a lot more than a song that I sing. It's a life that I live. Are you with me today? Come on, are you with me today? Are you with me today on that? Now... Brad, I don't play guitar, but, but I know this, that if the string is not tightly on there and it's really loose, there's no sound from a string without tension. Is that right? No sound? Now, I'm not going to do this, but the tighter you make the string, the more sound will come because the more tension, the more sound. You need tension. You need, you need tension for sound to come. Now, I'm, I'm trying to tell you something here because we're in a season of tension. Could it be God is saying, you're in a season of tension, but let worship flow through the tension. You don't just praise God when life's going well. You don't just praise God when there's health in your body. You don't just praise God when there's money in the bank. You don't just praise God when everything's going well. You praise him at all times. You with me today, church? You praise him even when life's not going well, give him praise. Sometimes we've said, you got to put on your praise. No, you, you don't got to put something on if you never take it off. I'm telling you, church, let's never have to put on our praise. Let's have praise on us at all times. Now, now, thank you, Brad. You can go back. Caleb, you got the symbol here. And I want you to, I want you to hit that as hard as you can. Come on, hard as you can. Now I want you to hit the largest symbol as hard as you can. He, he's knocking the symbol. He's banging the symbol. And sometimes life gives you hard knocks. But could it be God is saying in the hard knocks of life, don't stop giving him worship and praise. Don't stop. So come on, man. 
Come on, band. Come on, man. Start jamming with your instruments right now. Start, start playing. Come on, just start playing. Just begin to flow. Just begin to flow. You've, you've got 10 string instruments. It's called your hands. So come on, I want you to get your hands out of your pocket right now. And I want you to put your hands together. You may not be allowed to sing this morning, but you can give a little clap, praise to God. Some of you, you're sitting right now on your comfy couch. I want you to get off your comfy couch. I want you to put down your comfy coffee. I want you to get on your feet. And we're going to give him praise. Come on, we're going to give him praise. There's a lot going wrong in the corona season. And it's not easy. And some of you are feeling down. Some of you are feeling low. Some of you are feeling depressed. But the word of the Lord says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Come on, Woodville. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clashing of the cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Come on, friends. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, let's give praise to the Lord. of the Lord God. Just before we go to communion, can we bow our heads? Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times of my life when I've let worship be more about me and my preference and my likes than about you. And I pray, God, in this season that might be awkward and uncomfortable, help us, Lord, to never stop giving you worship. Hallelujah. You're worthy of all praise. You're showing us that worship is way more than a song that we sing. It's a life that we live. So we give you praise in Jesus' name. Nobody whispered. Everyone said amen. Amen. Take a seat. Well, folks, we're going to celebrate communion together. And on your way in, you received a little pre-packaged cup with some juice and a wafer in it. And you can start figuring out how that top piece comes off. And uh, I know it's a little tricky. And you're going to have to fiddle a bit with that. If you're at home, I want you to gather with your family, if your family's with you. And uh, get the bread or the crackers and the cup of juice and we're going we're gonna to celebrate communion together.
I know that I know the answer, but let me ask it. How many people are glad that God sent his son, Jesus, to earth some 2000 years ago? Amen. And I'm so glad that Jesus came and Jesus one day was in an upper room not long before he went to the cross and he did something really symbolic. He took some bread and he broke it and he took a cup of the fruit of the vine and he he illustrated what he was about to do. And so in our hand today is a little wafer that represents the body of Jesus. And in our hand today is a cup of juice that represents the blood of Jesus. And may we never forget what God has done. And if you're not certain what you can worship God for today, I know something you can worship him for, that he came and he died for our sins. Amen. And so I want you to take the little wafer and hold it up. It represents the body of Jesus. Let's do this in remembrance of him. Let's partake of the wafer that represents the body of Jesus. Now you can just peel back that second layer. And we're holding in our hand a cup of juice that represents his blood. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the cup of juice that represents the blood of Jesus. stand with me one more time would you stand with me normally on communion Sunday we open the altar of the church and we invite people forward who are sick in body and we anoint them with oil and we pray for them we may not be able to open this altar today and we may not be able to physically anoint you with oil but we can pray for healing in your body today and there's some of you standing in this auditorium today that there's sickness in your body. And some of you watching on live streaming, there's sickness in your body. My question to all of us today, how many people believe Jesus can still heal the sick? I do. I do. I do. How many people believe nothing is impossible with God? I believe nothing is impossible with God. And I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're walking through. But there's some of you, there's sickness in your body. Some of you, you're feeling that, that cloud of depression. And we're going to pray that God would lift that today. Some of you need a miracle in your finances. Some of you need a miracle in your marriage. Some of you need a miracle in your home. I don't know what your need is, but I know Jesus is here today to meet your need. And I want us to pray. So can we just lift our hands to the heavens? Father God, I pray for everyone standing in this auditorium today. And for everyone that is watching on live streaming, there's so many needs, but I pray sick bodies would be healed in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, for those who have cancer in their body, cancer would be gone in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, when they go back to the doctor, the doctor would be amazed that a miracle has happened and they are well. I pray healing in their bodies in Jesus' name. I pray, God, for those that they're not sure how they're going to pay the next bill, I pray provision in the name of Jesus. I pray for those, God, are feeling the weight and the cloud of discouragement. Lift the weight, I pray today, and bring joy to their spirit in Jesus' name. For those who need a miracle in their marriage and their family, would you be the miracle worker, Lord? Would you make a way? So I pray your touch upon everyone today, whether they're here on site or online, we pray miracle in Jesus' name. So, Father, we ask for this. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Nobody whispered. Everybody shouted. 
Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and celebrate our God. I'm going to ask that every head would be bowed and everyone's eyes would be closed in these final moments. And I want to ask a question to everyone on site and everyone that is watching online. And my question is this. If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you're going to heaven? I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I don't want you to hope that you're going to heaven. I want you to know beyond any shadow of doubt that you're going to heaven. Here's my question. Was there a time, a place, a moment that you personally asked Jesus Christ into your life? Some of you today, well, I, I think I'm going to heaven. No, I want you to know that you're going to heaven. And if you're standing here on site or you're watching online and you've never asked Jesus to be the center of your life, I'd have no greater joy than to lead you in this prayer. And if you've never asked Christ to come into your life, I want to invite you to join me as I lead you in this prayer. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. I repent of my sin. I confess you today as my Savior and my Lord. Today I make my peace with you. I receive you in my heart. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate salvations today? Come on, celebrate salvations. I, every week there's people across Canada and around the world that join us. Many are giving their heart to the Lord. Praise be to God. And if you're watching online today and you've accepted Christ in your life and you live in the Ottawa area, reach out to us. We're going to reach back to you. And if you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, we invite you to join us in the journey online or on site. But if you're outside of Ottawa, across Canada, around the world, and you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, reach out to us. And we're going to help you find a life-giving, Bible-believing church. And if you're here on site and you accepted Christ, we're going to help you in the journey and we've got lots of discipleship to help you lots of, of of support ministries to help you even during this COVID season to help you in your new faith journey well friends this morning we've been reminded that worship is more than a song that we sing it's a life that I live so I want to encourage you this week worship him wherever you go worship him you are the sanctuary worship him whatever you say worship him. Whatever you do, worship him. Because he alone is worthy of all worship and all praise. One more time, Woodville. Let's give one loud clap offering of praise to the Lord God Almighty.